You're listening to the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, and click the bell to make sure you get the latest episodes of the podcast. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. On today's episode of the podcast, we review the ODI series between Australia and New Zealand. It's the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast and let's get started. Let's have a look at the ODI series results from this ODI series between Australia and New Zealand. All three ODIs were played at Kalalee Stadium in Cairns. The first ODI, Australia won by two wickets. Cameron Green was player of the match. The second ODI, Australia won by 113 runs, and Mitchell Stark was named player of the match. And the third and final ODI of the series, Australia won by 25 runs. Steve Smith was named player of the match. Australia won the series 3-0, and Steve Smith was named player of the series. Let's have a look at Australia's performance with both bat and ball in this ODI series against New Zealand and talk about their performance in this ODI series overall. Um, It was a good ODI series for Australia. They won the series 3-0. They wanted to perform better than they did against Zimbabwe. And they did. They won this series 3-0 where they couldn't get the job done against Zimbabwe, where they lost the last game. Everyone was expecting Australia to win that series 3-0, but Zimbabwe did what they did in the last game, and Australia were able to win that series 2-1 in the end. But I think Australia will be glad to win this series 3-0 where they couldn't do that against Zimbabwe. So they'll be pretty happy about that, Australia. But um, at times in this series, it wasn't a convincing performance from Australia with the top order batting collapses in Game 1 and Game 2, but their bowling and self-belief got them back into those matches, and they were able to win those matches and win the series 3-0. Um... So even though they won 3-0, but it wasn't convincing at times um, throughout the series. So let's talk about their batting and how they went in this series against New Zealand. Uh, Steve Smith was their leading run scorer in this series. 167 runs for him. Carey, 139. 114 for Green. 57 for Labuschagne. 41 for Maxwell. 25 for Warner. 10 for Inglis. 10 for Finch. And 5 for Stornis. That's how... The Australian batters went about things in this ODI series against New Zealand. Um, as we talked about, Australia's top order in the first two games struggled in this series. Now, Australia had a bit of a problem with their top order in the last four games that they've played. Now, the last game against Zimbabwe, where they lost that game uh, to Zimbabwe, uh, they lost 5 for 72. So... That was a pretty poor batting collapse. This, the first game against New Zealand of this series, they lost 5 for 44 inside 12 overs. The second game of the series, they lost 5 for 54 inside 18.3 overs. And in the final game, they were able to improve and stop a batting collapse. They only lost 2 for 16 inside 5.4 overs. Um, they struggled against Trent Bolt, who caused problems for Australia um, in terms of the top order. Um... They were quite fragile, especially when Trent Bolt was getting that new ball to swing. Um, So Australia's top order uh, weren't able to get past that tough period in the first two games. But they were able to do that in the the last game of the series. Uh, They were able to stop a batting collapse and stop that from happening. So that was a good sign for Australia. But their top order, there were a few questions. Obviously, Aaron Finch was struggling for form. Obviously, we now know that Aaron Finch is now retired from one-day cricket, and he announced his retirement just before the last game of the series. Um, he was struggling for runs. 
Australia's top order wasn't firing. So Australia in this series with the bat, it, it wasn't convincing at times, especially in the first two games, as I mentioned. But let's talk about those two games. Now, people were writing off Australia and saying, well, they should have won, they should have lost those two games, game one and game two of the series. But New Zealand, as we will talk about a bit later with New Zealand's batting and bowling performance in this series, they weren't able to finish off the job off with the ball, New Zealand. Now, in Game 1, Australia were 5 for 44 inside 12 overs, chasing 232. But Alex Carey and Cameron Green came together and added 158 for the 6th wicket. That partnership got Australia out of trouble. So Australia leading the series 1-0. In Game number 2... Batting collapse again. The top order failed again. This time there were 5 for 54 inside 18.3 overs. Batting first and struggling to set a competitive total. But Steve Smith's innings of 61 and the Tarlenders' partnerships of 31 for the ninth wicket between Stark and Samper, 47 unbeaten for the 10th wicket between Hazelwood and Stark, got Australia to 9 for 195 and Australia were able to bowl New Zealand out for 82 inside 33 overs and win that game. No one gave Australia any hope of winning that game. But Australia won. So Australia were able to come back. Um, despite the top order failing, they were able to rely on other players like Cameron Green, uh, Labashane, Smith, uh, to get them out of trouble. And the tailenders in, in Stark, Samper and Hazelwood, obviously. Um, so they were able to rely on others to get them out of a pickle, out of trouble. And... And they were able to win this series uh, 3-0 in the end. So the batting was a bit inconsistent. But in the last game, it was quite good to see the top order doing their job. Obviously, Smith and Labashane added over 100 runs for their partnership. Uh, Green and Kerry were able to finish off the innings nicely for Australia. And, and Australia were able to win that last game quite easily. Um, so despite their inconsistencies... Australia were able to get the job done in this series with the bat. Um, at times, it was a bit ugly, but they found ways to come back and win this in win those games with the bat and with the ball as well. Um, but there's still a lot of questions to answer in terms of improving the top order, and the top order is not quite set. As I mentioned earlier, Aaron Finch has retired, and we knew that Aaron Finch was going to retire. Obviously, this series he only scored ten runs, highest score of five. He scored five twice, um, average of three. Now, we know that Aaron Finch was going to retire. It was just a matter of a time when he was going to announce that retirement, and he did. Um, in the end, he said, you know, it's it's time to move on. It's time to uh, get someone else in who can do the job opening the batting and also who can be the next captain of the, of the one-day team. So with Aaron Finch retiring, Australia's got a question to ask themselves there. Who's going to be the new opener? Now, Josh Inglis played in this last game of the series. He only got 10. He's one of the options. You've got Travis Head, who didn't play due to family reasons. That's why he didn't play against Zimbabwe and New Zealand. You've got Josh Philippi um, as well, who can be a potential replacement for Aaron Finch. So you've got uh, Travis Head, Ben McDermott, Josh Philippi, Josh Inglis. Those are the four candidates to likely replace Finch. Now, Travis Head... Head had a good series in Pakistan. Ben McDermott did as well, scoring centuries. Uh, Philippi, uh, we know what he can do in the Big Bash. Same with Inglis. So there are plenty of options for Australia to go with in terms of the new opener. 
And the other question that Australia have to ask themselves is the new captain because of Aaron Finch's retirement. So Cummins, Smith and Head are probably potential candidates of all captain. Uh, they've got captaincy experience. So those are two questions that Australia need to ask about themselves as a team in terms of the batting, in terms of the leadership and captaincy. Um, I was quite impressed with um, some of the Australian batters in this uh, series. Steve Smith was pretty good, 167 runs for the series. I thought he had a pretty good series with a bat, good century in the last game, uh, good half century in, in game number two. Alex Carey, for me, has been the standout, along with Cameron Green. I was very happy to see Alex Carey do well. He's been under pressure, but his partnership with Cameron Green in the first game, where he got 80, 85, um, and obviously his performance in the last game as well, uh, when he scored 40-odd not out, um, just shows that Alex Carey can be a valuable player in this one-day team. But there's been a lot of pressure on him to do well and score runs. A lot of people think that he shouldn't be the wicketkeeper at all. Um, but what I've seen from Alex Carey in this series, I've been quite impressed with him. Cameron Green, he just continues to get better. He's only played two games in this series against New Zealand. Didn't play the second game because of the cramps that he got in game one. But that partnership he had with Kerry in game number one of when he when he got 89 not out and got Australia over the line, um, you know, just shows the talent and the potential that Cameron Green has. So he had a good series. Didn't get dismissed at all in this series. So two not outs, that's pretty good for him. Um, but definitely for Australia, he is the potential... Um, that Australia want, that type of all-rounder that's got a lot of potential, a lot of talent in terms of uh, doing well with both bat and ball. So I was very impressed with him. Marnus Labuschagne was good in the last game. The first two games he struggled, uh, but he can be a valuable asset to this one-day side as well for Australia. Uh, Glenn Maxwell was disappointing. Um, you know, the thing with Glenn Maxwell is that consistency. We saw in this series... He was inconsistent with the bat again. So he's got to really work on the mindset and just work on batting pop properly, batting smart. And he hasn't done that, Glenn Maxwell. So I was a bit disappointed with him. David Warner, uh, he, he had an okay series. Um, obviously, he was hitting the ball well. Um, unfortunately, he got out. So it, it wasn't a good series from Warner. It was okay, but he struggled a little bit. Josh Inglis only played the one game. Aaron Finch... Obviously, was struggling for form, obviously, as we know, but he's now retired, so it doesn't really matter now with Aaron Finch going forward. Uh, Marcus Tornis was disappointing as well with both bat and ball. Even though he took a few wickets in this series, he only took one, but um, his batting was poor. Only five runs from the two games. He missed out the last game due to injury. So it's been a bit, bit of a mixed bag for Australia in terms of their batting. But um, yeah, you, you have to say some batsmen have done their chances of being selected in the World Cup squad um, in terms of cementing a spot in that squad. Other players haven't. So for the next series against England, they will need to, to perform better, the likes of Stornis in particular, uh, to really improve and, and be consistent and score runs if you want to be a part of that World Cup squad in India next year. But uh, as I said, it was a bit of a mixed bag from Australia's batting in this series, but they were able to get the job done and win the series 3-0. So overall, it was a mixed batting performance from Australia in this ODI series against New Zealand. Let's have a look at the Australian bowlers and their performance in this ODI series against 
New Zealand. Adam Zampa was the leading wicket taker for Australia. Seven wickets he took for the series. Stark took six. Four wickets each for Abbott, Maxwell and Hazelwood. Two wickets for Green and a wicket for Stornis. That's how the Australian bowlers went about this ODI series with the ball against New Zealand. Um, the Australian bowlers were pretty much good in this series. Um, they had a pretty good series. All of them did their roles um, and they were able to get the job done. It was a very good bowling performance from them from the three games, obviously. Um, they did the basics well, the Australian bowlers. They bowled dot balls, executing their skills and plans for the ball, bowling good lines and lengths, being consistent, applying pressure to the New Zealand batters. And New Zealand crumbled because of that. Their batting was poor, and we'll talk about that a bit later on when we talk about New Zealand's performance in this ODI series. But, um, yeah, New Zealand's batting was poor. They didn't put pressure back on the Australian bowlers, and the Australian bowlers were good enough to take wickets and put them under pressure. So it's good signs for Australia that the likes of Sampa Stark, Hazelwood, um, the main bowlers who are going to be in this Australian attack, uh, are taking wickets. And the other bowlers like Abbott, for example, and Cameron Green are doing well in terms of taking wickets. And the depth coming through... The bowling attack for Australia in this one-day side is very good. Now, we've got to remember that Pat Cummins has to come back into this side. He didn't play in this ODI series against New Zealand or Zimbabwe due to being rested, being managed, because it's a busy summer ahead. But when Pat Cummins does come back to this uh, bowling attack for, for Australia and the one-day team, it's got to be even stronger. And uh, we saw in this series quality from the attack and the attacks firing. So that's good signs going into a World Cup next year that the bowling attack for Australia is firing. They've got some questions with the batting in terms of the top order and who's going to be the next opener now because Aaron Finch is um, uh, retired, obviously, from one-day cricket. So, But the bowling, I think the bowling's pretty much sorted. And I think you're probably going to have Zampa, Stark, Hayeswood, Cummins... Uh, obviously as your main bowlers for the World Cup, and then the other bowlers will try and fill those spots uh, in the squad. So it's a very strong bowling attack. They, they did really test New Zealand under pressure in this series. Uh, New Zealand weren't able to put them under pressure at all with the bat due to the lack of uh, intent that the New Zealand batters had in this series. But the Australian bowlers bowled well. And, you know, Adam Zampa keeps improving. Seven wickets. Mitchell Stark was good. Sean Abbott was the standout. He took two for one in the second game where Australia bowled New Zealand out for 82. He bowled four maidens in a row, and he had two for none from four overs. In the end, he finished on two for one. Glenn Maxwell was handy. He took four wickets in the first game of the series. Um, so he's a, a very good option to have, especially going into India with the extra spin option because um, you may want to play two spinners in India, so he may partner with Zampa in, in the side in the bowling attack, if Australia want to go over two spinners. Josh Hazelwood was good as always. You know, he bowled pretty well. Cameron Green took two wickets, but he did his job. He's really improving. Marcus Stornis only took one wicket. He's under pressure with both bat and ball in this team. So the bowling attack's doing quite well, and it's looking good for Australia going forward to that World Cup next year. So for Australia, um, it's about trying to be consistent, trying to back up this bowling performance. So for the bowlers, it's all about trying to continue on the good work as we saw against Zimbabwe and New Zealand. But it's good signs. And obviously, Australia's best bowling performance in this ODI series against New Zealand was the second game, where 
Australia made 195. They bowled New Zealand out for 82. I thought that was the best bowling performance I've seen in one-day cricket, especially from an Australian team in a very long time. Uh, their pressure was good. Uh, New Zealand just couldn't get them away. Uh, Sean Abbott, as I mentioned earlier, bowled four maidens in a row, and he got two for one. Uh, Sampa was good. Stark was good. Uh, Hazelwood was good in that game. Um, and the Australian bowlers were, were pretty much aggressive and didn't really um, give anything to New Zealand. So that was the best bowling performance in this whole series across the three games from the Australian bowlers. And that's very good signs going into a World Cup. So the Australian bowling attack is, is doing very well and hopefully it continues to do well um, for Australia going forward, especially ahead of of that 50-over World Cup in India next year. So overall, it was good bowling performance from Australia in this ODI series against New Zealand. And overall, it was a pretty good ODI series for Australia. As I mentioned earlier, it wasn't a convincing um, series win um, at times, obviously, especially in the first two games with the bat. But they were able to come back in tricky situations and win the series 3-0. And that's very good. And I look at that and I say, well, that's very good signs. Um, obviously, when you're going into a World Cup next year in India, you want to see how the team goes under pressure. And it was good that Australia were under pressure in the first two games. Five down for not many with the batting. But they were able to come back, and the and the batting group were able to come back and scavenge uh, some sort of total for Australia uh, in terms of them trying to win those two games. The first game, they were chasing 232, Kerry and Green's partnership. Uh, the second game, five down for 54. Steve Smith's innings, the Tailenders partnerships between Stark and Sampa, Hayeswood and Stark, were able to get Australia back on track to get a total of 195 and they were able to bowl New Zealand out for 82. So with Australia, you associate that with Australian teams where they're behind in the game, they always find a way to come back. So that's very good signs for Australia that when this team's under pressure, they will find a way to come back. And that's very good signs going forward to a World Cup next year in India. So so overall, it was a bit of an inconsistent performance from Australia with the bat. The bowling was good. Uh, they've got a lot of areas to improve on as a one-day team. But what I saw uh, where Australia came back in those first two games and the bowling performance, I think Australia are starting to get things together heading into that 50-over World Cup next year, but there's still a lot of work to do. They've got to find a new captain. Aaron Finch is now retired, so who's going to be the new captain? They've got to work that out. And they also got to work out who's going to be the new opener, opening with um, David Warner because of Finch's retirement. But um, the signs look good for Australia, and hopefully they can build on this going forward. But uh, in the end, a 3-0 series win, and it's quite a convincing win uh, for them. They'll take that but there's got to be a lot of improvement to do for this Australian team going forward. But um, for Australia, it, it's, a, it's a pretty good performance from them. They'll be glad to win the Series 3-0, but they'll be always looking at ways to get better heading into that 50-over World Cup next year in India. Let's have a look at New Zealand's performance with both bat and ball in this ODI Series against Australia and talk about their performance in this ODI Series overall. Um, it was a poor series for New Zealand in this ODI series. Losing 3-0 to Australia isn't a good result. Their bowling was the only positive for them in this whole ODI series. But their batting let them down big time in this series. And 
it showed really in the way they went about things with the bat um, in this whole entire series. That's the one thing that let them down, as I mentioned. It was pretty poor. You know, they're going to bat better than this New Zealand. They're a better side than what they showed in this ODI series. But we keep saying it. It's the mental, psychological battle that New Zealand have of trying to beat Australia in Australia. It's all right if they play Australia in New Zealand. They're able to win over there because it's at home. But when they come over to Australia, they can't win. And that's why we've seen in this series they lost 3-0. And that's why they haven't won an ODI match in Australia since 2009. Which is a long time ago. Because of that psychological barrier that they have of playing Australia in Australia. But uh, let's talk about their batting first. And how the the batters went about things in the series. Uh, Kane Williamson was the leading run scorer with 89 runs. Conway, 72. Nisham, 54. Latham, 53. Mitchell, 52. Phillips, 47. Allen, 35. Bracewell, 19. And Guptal, 8. That's how the batters for New Zealand performed across the three games in this series. Um, The biggest talking point with New Zealand's batting in this whole series was that they lacked intent. There were too many dot balls, didn't put Australia's bowlers under pressure, got bogged down, um, and that's what let them down in this whole series, the intent. There was no intent. They didn't want to take risks. They didn't want to play brave cricket. They didn't want to put pressure back on the Australian bowlers. We saw that in game one where they got 232. Um, They could have got 250 in that match, but they lost wickets at the end of that innings. They lost, I think, around about six wickets for 70-odd runs in nine overs to get to 232 for nine. And they could have got to 250, but their intent, the way they batted, they chewed up too many dot balls, and they batted slowly, and they lost that game. And they had Australia on the ropes in that game at five down for not many, uh, for 44, I should say, um, in game one. And they didn't quite finish it off with the ball, but with the batting side of things... They could have got to 250. In the end, Australia chased down the runs. Game number two was probably, you know, the worst of the lot in terms of their batting in this whole series. They got bowled out for 82. We go back to that um, same thing that I said before, the intent. There were too many dot balls. They got bogged down. The Australian bowlers bowled what they wanted to bowl. Uh, They didn't put pressure back on the Australian bowlers. And that's why New Zealand got bowled out for 82. And in the last game... Their intent didn't prove. They got bowled out for 242 in, their last, uh, in the last game of the series, New Zealand, and they lost that game. But I did notice a shift in their mindset and intent. They were looking to be a bit more positive. They brought in Finn Allen and Glenn Phillips, who are two attacking players and aggressive players, and they were hitting boundaries. They weren't leaving too many balls. They were looking to rotate the strike, and that was lacking from New Zealand throughout the whole series. But... In the last game, New Zealand, they were scoring runs and scoring boundaries. Uh, But in the end, in the last game, uh, they lost wickets at Wrigley intervals. They didn't build partnerships. Uh, Batters got in, didn't convert starts, and didn't make them into big scores. And that's why they lost that last game. So they did improve. They were starting to improve in the last game, New Zealand. But across the board in these three games, their batting let them down big time. And no one scored a 50. No one scored a 50 at all for New Zealand, and that's very poor. No one scored a half century. Whereas on the Australian side, Steve Smith scored a century, and then you had half centuries from Marnus Labuschagne, Alex Carey, and Cameron Green. Whereas with the New Zealanders, 
No one did that on the batting side of things. So it was underwhelming. It was quite a below-par performance with the bat from New Zealand. They can bat better than this. But unfortunately, that lack of intent cost them. And you can't afford to just sit on the Australian bowlers and not put pressure back on them. Otherwise, they're just going to bowl six balls at you where they want to bowl it. And they're gonna, you're going to have a ball with your name on it. And that's what happened for New Zealand. So it, the batting just got nowhere in, in this series. Lack of intent, as I mentioned. Too many dot balls. And it was just poor, really. So nothing much to talk about the batting, really. They've got quality players, New Zealand. Williamson, Conway, Latham, Mitchell, Phillips, Allen, Martin Guptill had a poor series. He only made eight runs across the two games he played. He was dropped for the last game for Finn Allen. Um, so they've got quality batters, New Zealand. It's just the lack of intent cost them. And they just batted poorly. So they've got a lot of questions as a, as a team going forward in terms of how do we win in Australia in the future, but also how do we shift this mental barrier that we can't seem to shift against Australia? And that's why we can't do well in Australia. So that's something they've got to ask themselves going forward. Um, and also, with a 50-over World Cup in the distance in India next year, they've got to ask themselves about their batting order, uh, their mindset in terms of their batting, uh, being aggressive and looking to take the game on a bit. Uh, because if they play this way in India in that World Cup next year, they're going to struggle. So there's a lot of questions for New Zealand to ask themselves after this very disappointing display of batting from them across the three games against Australia. So overall, it was a poor batting performance from New Zealand in this ODI series against Australia. Let's have a look at the New Zealand bowlers and their performance in this ODI series against Australia. Trent Bolt was the leading wicket taker for New Zealand. He took 10 wickets for the series. Henry took five. Ferguson with three and two wickets each for Southie and Satna. And that's how the New Zealand bowlers performed in this series. Um, New Zealand's bowling was the only positive in this ODI series. Their batting was the negative. Their bowling was the positive. Uh, they were able to put Australia under pressure, especially in the first two games of this series. In game number one, they had Australia five down for 44 inside 12 overs. Game two, they had Australia five for 54 inside 18.3 overs but they weren't able to finish off the job with the ball in those two games, and Australia were able to come back and win those two games and obviously went on to win the series. And that was the difference between Australia and New Zealand in this series with the ball. Australia won the key moments with the ball, but New Zealand did not win the key moments. Now, let's talk about those first two games. The, the last game didn't really matter as much. Obviously, New Zealand's bowlers were, were poor in the last game, obviously, conceding runs, and and um, the last game wasn't really much of a factor for them. But the first two games were. Game one, they had Australia five down for 44, as I mentioned. Now, when you have a team five down for 44, you should really put the foot down and be aggressive and look to take two more wickets and get him seven down. Kane Williamson didn't bowl Trent Bolt up front in that game, and he let the game to drift and... It was going away from New Zealand because Alex Kerry and Cameron Green came in and rescued Australia and added 158 runs for the sixth wicket. And Australia chased down the runs and won, and won the game by two wickets in the end. Um, and they chased down 232. So that was a tactical error there from Williamson. He wasn't aggressive enough. And we go back to New Zealand's batting with the intent. It's sort of 
reflects Kane Williamson's captaincy. He's not that aggressive type captain. And we saw that with New Zealand's batting. They weren't aggressive enough. And their nature, New Zealand, is that they're not an aggressive team. But they had Australia on the ropes at, you know, five down for 44. They should have won that game. But Williamson did not bowl bolt up front. That partnership between Kerry and Green of 158 for the six wicket pretty much sealed the game for Australia. In game number two, the same thing happened again. But this time, Williamson did bowl Trent Bolt up front. Um, He bowled him some more overs up front. But New Zealand again couldn't finish off the job of the ball. Just like in game one, Australia through Steve Smith and the tail enders of Stark, Samper and Hazelwood got Australia to 9 for 195 from 50 overs. Steve Smith got 61. Stark and Samper added 31 for the ninth wicket. Stark and Hazelwood added 47 unbeaten for the 10th wicket. And those partnerships and the innings from Steve Smith were the key for Australia winning that match. They got to a 9 for 195 from 50 overs. Now, New Zealand, they let that opportunity slip again. In game number two, they had Australia 5 down for 54 inside 18.3 overs. And they went on to make 195 and won the match. And we all know what happened to New Zealand in game number two. They got bowled out for 82. Um, So that was the difference between the New Zealand bowlers and Australia. They just couldn't win those key moments. And in the first two games, New Zealand had two opportunities to win And they would have won this series. Unfortunately, Australia were able to snatch victory out of their hands and were able to come back and win those games from nowhere. No one gave Australia a chance to win that first game. 5 for 44. And then Kerry and Green did what they did. Game number two was the same. They were 5 down 54. Even worse than the first game. Um, And they were able to come back and bowl New Zealand out for 82. So New Zealand did not take those key opportunities when they presented themselves with the ball. If they did, they would have won this series, but they didn't. Um, Trent Bolt was pretty good. Um, I thought he was the standout bowler for New Zealand across the whole series. Ten wickets going at three and over was pretty good. He was very lethal with the new ball. Um, I thought the other bowlers for New Zealand did okay, but they sort of released the pressure in terms of Australia being five down for not many in both games. When Trent Bolt was taken off, the other bowlers like Henry, Ferguson, Southie, Satner, Bracewell, uh, Mitchell, Nisham, when they came on to bowl, they didn't really do much in terms of, you know, wickets and that. Um, They let the pressure slip, New Zealand. and, And that was the main concern for them with the bowling. They lacked a quality spinner as well. Uh... Whereas Australia have a quality spitter in Adam Zampa, New Zealand don't in Mitchell Satner or Bracewell. They should have really picked Ish Sodi, really. He would have challenged the Australian batters a lot more. But that's what cost New Zealand in the end in terms of leaking those runs and not taking the opportunities when they presented themselves and not winning the key moments. So that was where it went wrong for New Zealand. So overall, it was a good bowling performance from New Zealand in this ODI series against Australia. And overall, New Zealand will be very disappointed in the way they played this series. To lose 3-0 isn't a good result. Uh, Their batting was poor. Their bowling was the only positive in this whole series. They've got a lot of questions to ask themselves heading into a 50-over World Cup next year. And they've got a lot of questions to ask themselves in terms of their batting, their mindset and mentality and intent. But also they've got some questions to ask themselves about not getting the job done in Australia. So... There's a lot of thinking to do for New Zealand in the future. 
uh, ODI series that they will play uh, leading into that 50-over World Cup. But, um, yeah, it was a poor series from New Zealand. Uh, the only positive, as I said, was their bowling. Their batting let them down. And it was an underwhelming performance from New Zealand in this ODI series against Australia. Congratulations to Australia on winning the ODI series 3-0 and retaining the Chapel Hadley Trophy. Despite being behind in the first two games, Australia found a way to come back and win those two games and win the series. Australia will be delighted to win this series 3-0 after not quite finishing off the job against Zimbabwe where they won that series 2-1. But Australia will learn a lot from this ODI series against New Zealand but they will need to figure out who is going to be the new captain of the ODI team and new opener following Aaron Finch's retirement. New Zealand will be disappointed with this result. They didn't bat well, and that let them down in this series, but their bowling was good and was the only positive for them in this series. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Be sure to subscribe and click the bell to get the latest episodes of the podcast, and like and share our Facebook page, and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Until next time, keep safe and bye for now.